Welcome to Makers Chat, a podcast community for creatives. I'm your host, Danielle Kaminsky, artist, maker, and educator from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Join me as we share our stories and explore the topics that are most important to creative entrepreneurs and makers. If you have a stash of craft supplies that you are ready to turn into cash, then my 10-day workshop for handmade business owners is for you. Stash to Cash is going to give you everything that you need to go from craft supplies to profit in just 10 days. So all you have to do is head on over to s2c.daniellescominsky.com to grab your copy for only $27. That is the letter S, the number two, the letter C, .daniellescominsky.com. And you'll find that link in the show notes. So if you're ready to go from a supply hoarder to a handmade business owner, then this is going to be for you. Or maybe you have a handmade business and you've kind of let it sit to the wayside and you're ready to get that thing jump started again. This 10 day workshop is going to get you there and it's only $27. So head on over now and I can't wait to see you inside. Hey everybody, welcome back to Makers Chat. I'm here today with my friend Michelle Allen from Michelle Bell Creations. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do in your business and maybe what brought you to starting your business. Well, I uh, worked in a very non-artistic, I can't think of the word, but not artistic at all um, um, business for 15 years. And I worked my way to the top. I worked my way as high as I could go. Like there was no, no further I could go. And once I got there, I realized that I didn't really want to be there. (laughs) And I'm absolutely blessed to be in a position that I was able to leave that position. And, um, you know, most people have to work really hard and part-time and work really hard to get into a hundred percent, uh, doing this business. And I did work, um, with a, with a friend, an entrepreneur who started, who started her trucking business. And I did work for her for a part-time for a couple years. And then I decided, you know, I really, this is really what I want to do. And at some point in between there, I bought a canvas and I bought a canvas at Walmart and just felt like, I I think I've told you before, I felt like such a fraud buying this canvas, like, like I was going to get stopped by security in the store or something. And ma'am, I'm not sure who you think you are, but this is not for you. You know, um, it was very intimidating. And I, I actually painted, um, the Janice Jop one kind of likeness. That was that canvas. That was the first thing I did. And that was in April of 20 of 2020. And then in September, I said, I'm going to do this. And then January 21 was my last day working for the trucking company. Wow. Is that, is that, that's it in a nutshell, kind of? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think that's, yeah, I think that's where a lot of people kind of end up. They sort of have that moment. They're, I'm not sure. And it's like, you know what? This, this is it. Um, so I'm curious. So tell us, tell everybody, I, I know I've, I've seen a lot more of your work, but some of our folks maybe haven't. Tell everybody kind of, you work on Canvas, but you work on other mediums too. 
Yeah, I'm currently I'm really into um, the multimedia kind of like setting down a a background of whatever stamps, stencils, decoupage paper, and then just kind of seeing what comes out of that. So I've been doing that lately, but I love painting on furniture and um, I, I really like upcycling things. I really like being able to see something and trying to figure out what it could be. Um, so I really like going to thrift stores and you know, taking that 1980s decor that seems to be the really bad stuff right now. Cause you know, the sixties and seventies stuff is really popular. Um, but that eighties stuff with all the cutout hearts and all the soft corners and stuff, if you can figure out something to do with that, I feel like you're really, you are really creative and imaginative if you can do some of that stuff. <laughs> so yeah, upcycling is a big thing I love to do. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how successful I am at it. There's a lot of people out there that just have these amazing ideas and they're so creative and, you know, um, it's, it's good that we can all get inspiration from each other for sure. Um, I think that's about, that's about it really. Um, anything, I, I mean, anything I get my hands on. Yeah. What, <laughs> um, what is one of your favorite projects that you've upcycled oh my gosh let's see I I honestly have the most um pride and it's probably part of my raising in things that I have around my own house that are just worn and beat to crap <laughs> can I say that mm -hmm. um uh, and then I'm like you know sometimes I think there's a, there's this kind of balance between can you afford it or are you cheap or are you not going to take the time to do it? You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, I can do something with that and make it better. I can, um, paint that cheap end table. That's not even real wood that I bought, you know, 15 years ago and make it look good again. And, and at least, you know, I, I think there's some pride in that because for so long, um, when we were first married, we were so poor. We lived in a trailer and there were seven of us living in this little trailer, you know? And so you just had to be very creative. You had to be very creative about a lot of things. You had to be very creative about the food you ate and about clothes and about your decor and just about everything. So there's a lot of pride, I think, in, in just making making things look nice that probably aren't really that nice I, I feel you though making use of what you have I mean uh -huh. at the end of the day you can go buy things all day long but if you can take something that you've already got save it from the landfill I mean you know it's it's good for uh -huh. the environment right but yes. also like you said it's like you can do something unique with it some and then you have something that everybody in the world doesn't have and you know the story behind it and it feels it feels good it feels like you saved something some and you know it's mm -hmm. uh, it's a good feeling I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about it's, and, it's just a good feeling now I really because it's funny just this morning because I do write every morning I try to write every morning most mornings I've been telling myself 
you've got to do stuff with what you have, Michelle. Stop. Don't you don't need like I'm like, well, I could do that if I just had this one thing, you know, no. Do you've got plenty of things <laughs> do with what you've got. I had a conversation um, with another artist. It's been a while. I want to say it was sometime last year, but we were talking about the fact that when you I, I feel like as, you know, as an artist, as a maker, you do some of your most creative work when you're first starting something because you're not ready to invest money in expensive materials yet. You're not willing or, or maybe just not ready. Like you said, it may be, it may even be that imposter syndrome popping up that's telling you, oh, you can't, you can't do that. You don't have, you know, what it takes to buy those materials. So you go into your stash, right? You go into what you have in your house and on your person and try to figure out what you can do with it. And I feel like some of the coolest projects come out of that process. Um, I've, I don't know. I've, I've done that before when I feel like I'm just stuck and I just don't know what to do next. Like I literally will walk into like my little craft room, my little studio space, and I'll just kind of stand in the middle of the room and look around. And it's like, what is in here that I have no idea why it's here. I mean, surely I'm not the only one. Please tell me you've got stuff like that. It's like, why oh, are we yeah. doing this? <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And then I try and remember why. <laughs> what I was thinking I would do with it. And a lot of times you think you can do something before you know better, you, you know? And so honestly, to try and do it now that you, you know, quote unquote, know better, yeah. um, you can, you can, do some cool stuff that way. And then other times it's just, okay, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. And it is, but, but the process, even the process of taking the thing and starting to try to do something with it, even if it flops. Yeah. Uh, that for me, that'll help me. That'll help me if I'm in a rut and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I'm just not feeling it. Um, if I, if I start, if I'm feeling like that and I go shopping for supplies, it's going to be a bad day. Yeah. Like, yeah you know what I mean like and yeah. so I've just learned especially when I'm like trying to come up with something new don't go buy new things that's that's just a recipe for a craft room full of supplies that are not going to get used oh yeah gosh and um you know right now I'm kind of in two places because I have the the store now and then everything was at my house and so I've taken about half of the stuff there so then I'm in that situation where I'm, I feel like I'm stuck. So I have to come up with something else to do, you know, it, be it staging something or changing up the displays or, um, you know, cause I have taken like, a, I've got a can, a wooden candelabra thing setting there that I bought, you know, thinking I would do something with it still sits at the store now, but I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? and a box and stuff like that, you know, to try and um, kind of ignite those fires. Like you say, when you're, when your supplies are limited, you make do. Yeah. And you yeah. come up with some cool stuff that way. Tell us, yeah. tell us more about the store. Cause that's a new development. So tell us about your store. It is, it's a, it's new uh, mid February. So about two months. Um, <clears throat> so I was approached by a person that I've known for, over 20 years probably but it was that situation where we just kind of knew who each other was we didn't really know each other and um she had 
leased this location in December. So she had had it for a couple of months and she asked me to put some stuff in there. And I said, yeah, I'd love to come look at it. So we met and the more we talked, the more we realized we had a, a lot of things in common, um, like some common uh, passions. So, cause she doesn't think she's an artist, but she is creative. And uh, she, she also, she is the domestic violence advocate for the county that that store is in. And as you know, cause we've talked, I have a history of domestic violence. Um, and so when we discovered that about each other and that I've always felt like I had a calling there somehow, I'm really not quite sure even now, 30 years later, what it is, but I do feel like there's something there for me. And so with those two, with that in common and um, kind of our philosophies about art and stuff, that's how we came together. And so all of my stuff is there. Um, I, I, I left the booth and went all in on the store. <laughs> I kind of see, it sounds like I kind of do that, right? Like I left my job, left it, you know, I figure, I guess I figure you might as well go all in. That's what I was about to say. You're like, well, if we're going to do this, <laughs> we're going to yeah. give it everything. And I, I mean, I personally, I think that's, that's, that's very admirable. And I mean, it's, it's smart in my opinion to um, consolidate your energy sometimes because mm -hmm. if you spread yourself too thin, it can get, it can get hard. Um, I'm, speaking from experience, I'm bad about that sometimes, taking on a little more than I, than I should. But um, I do think that consolidating your efforts into one place, and then you have a place that's wholly you. Like, I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm in South Carolina, you're in Oklahoma. Kansas. Kansas. That's what I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like, wait a minute, it's Kansas City, which Kansas City is it? <laughs> um anyway sorry but you know so I know we've never like spent time together and I've never been able to go in your store but I just have this feeling that if you walk in it, it feels like you I, sure I, I hope so I know I, I've had people I have my sister-in-law and um the woman that I worked for at the, that owns the trucking company they both have degrees in um like text like I don't know what it's called, but it's basically interior design, textile, that kind of stuff. I've had both of them come in <laughs> and be like, okay, do you feel like spending some money in here? <laughs> you know, does this place make you want to, does it feel like you have to have these things? And, you know, I, I don't feel like it's done. I don't feel like it's anywhere near done. It's nowhere near what I want it to be just yet. But they're, they're, they're two people that I knew would be completely honest with me. And so, um, I've taken their advice and made some of the changes and stuff and just continue to keep, you know, I'm definitely open. I hope I'm open to um, constructive advice. I don't want to say criticism because that just sounds negative, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, constructive advice on what to do yeah. and how to, how to do those things. I know I've, I've taken your advice a lot of times. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I think you've got, I'm, I'm the same way. It's like, you have to be open to hearing what people have to say. You also have to be able to discern when it's something you don't need to listen to. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, you know, if being open to that, I think is, is what helps us grow and helps us keep moving forward. So I love that. 
And um, I mean, a lot of times it might be some time before I get around to implement, you know, like I, I, it might be some time before I get, cause I, I do think I guard my energy and my time and, and my personal resources, you know, like I can only dole out so much of that because yeah. when I do too much, I, I, you know, will get sick or run down or yeah. then you're end up, then you're out of commission for however long. Right. It's counterproductive, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite, when you're creating, what are your favorite materials to use? Do you have like favorite products, things that you just automatically gravitate towards? Um, I, I, you know, it's funny because I wouldn't think so. I don't think I'm, I, I may not, I may not be very self-aware, Danielle, <laughs> but when I, when I go to show, something i i use um recycled paper i use decoupage papers a lot i'm finding and um and and different things for different stuff like i i might like um this thing of this brand and this thing of this brand um i like i like the diy paint because it's got so much texture and you can really build it up and you can really, I mean, you can almost make your own raised stencil out of that paint. You don't even need a medium. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've, I've gotten um, into the Paint Pixie chalk paint and it is just different enough that you can do different things with it, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'd have, I have a few favorite, but I really, I really am into the decoupage papers for sure. Yeah. You know, I just like being able to um, build something on top of them. Yeah. And sometimes they might even get completely lost in there, but. Um, it, was, it was the inspiration. It was what started it. Yeah. 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 For that. sure. You do a great job with decoupage papers. That's something I'm still, still learning, still mastering. I've, I'm not, I'm not great at the at the process yet I know how and I can do it on small things I would like to get better to do it on larger things like furniture and stuff I have a tabletop right now in the store that I would like to I would love to find a large thing in decoupage like the entire top of this table but I'm not great with large surfaces yet so we'll see well I think that maybe that's you saying that makes me think maybe that's why I change my favorite things is that you know you don't feel like you quite have it mastered so it becomes your favorite thing because you want to really get, I mean, I think I have some pieces. I have a mid-century modern credenza and I just know that there are people that would look at that and know exactly what they, you know, what exactly what papers to put inside that would tie it together and make it, you know, um, and I, I really strive to get to that place. Yeah where I'm picking the perfect thing, you know, <laughs> the perfect thing. What, so, okay. So what colors do you grab? Do you have a, do you sort of have a color palette that you gravitate towards? Definitely, definitely. And I try, it's definitely orange, um, oranges and reds and turquoise, orange, the, the turquoise, I call it the Trinity actually in my mind, <laughs> turquoise, red and yellow. And, you know, kind of all variations of that. Yeah. Um, all tones of that. I, I think that I'm looking at, you know, they, they just go so beautiful to me yeah. together, you know, 
that is a pretty combination. I do. I love turquoise and orange together. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, like I love purple though. So like for me, I like turquoise, yellow, and purple. There's some, I don't, I'm not, but everybody doesn't like, I, I'm learning this. The more that I'm talking with other artists, um, purple's a love hate thing. You either love purple or you hate purple. There's people have some strong opinions about the color purple. <laughs> yeah. I love, I have done maybe three pieces with purple and green and orange and I love purple and orange together I love purple and orange together and something about throwing that green in the mix I don't know it's it's a weird combination and I think I like being able to make it work so I like that I'll tell you so South Carolina Clemson is one of our teams and it's it's my team and so it's, it's well it's not purple and yeah it is purple and orange purple and orange and white are the colors and you're right it's a weird combination and like people are always talking about like those colors don't go together and I'm like but they can but they can you know yes <laughs> definitely and my it's weird because my favorite this is gonna sound silly but my favorite eyeshadow is I use purple and orange I think it I just think it has I don't know it's like a real it's like a sunset glow, natural. I mean, like, you know, it just looks like it looks natural to me. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I could kind of see that actually. Yeah, <laughs> the sunsetty colors. I was looking at a, a piece that someone had shared online earlier this week that was a sunset that had purple and orange and those were the primary colors that were really, and it was really pretty. So I could see it. I could totally yeah. See it. yeah, I love it. So what are your hours at the store? What's your schedule look like? Um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from 11 to 6. That's what it is right now. Um, I feel like our hours will change. You know, you have to kind of adapt as things happen. And then on Saturday from 10 to 4 okay. are the hours. Um, I, I'm there on days that we're not open but I I I want to start being there on Tuesdays just to be able to make that my workspace I'm trying to separate my home from my work a little yeah. bit that's a hard thing to do yeah yeah I mean it has taken a lot of the pressure off because in the evenings I'm not so like your instinct is to think, or my instinct was to think I should be, I should be, I should be in the office or I should be in the studio. I should be doing this or I should be doing that. But when it's not here, <laughs> there's yeah. no choice. And when you know you're going to be there for seven hours straight without distractions and training your family to know that those are your working business hours and stuff not that my family was taking advantage of me or anything but you know they they now know that they can't count on me on those days during those times yeah it's just a way to put up a boundary mm -hmm. which yeah. is when you're working for yourself <clears throat> the boundaries that we give ourselves are harder i think even than the boundaries we give other people because you, you do have that inclination to be like, well, if I'm not doing any, well, and I say that everyone's not like this, I know, but our personality types, it's, it's hard to truly rest and like relax in that 
Like mm-hmm. we, we feel like, but if I'm not doing anything, there's this thing that I could be doing that maybe I should be doing for work. Yeah. When, you know, the point of the point of downtime is to actually have some downtime and you yeah. need it. Your brain needs it to be creative. It needs that space to think about something other than, and, but it can be hard to give yourself that when you're working for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I, I like, and, and on Sundays I feel it, you know, I feel it happening. I, um, because when I was first going Sundays was when I would just try new things or just put a blank canvas up and say, let's see what happens here, you know, and there was a brave, there's a bravery there. And when you are doing things that you have to be doing or that you need to be doing, um, it, to put a blank canvas up then becomes scary again, almost not as bad as it was at the beginning, but there's still a, a little bit of fear that, you know, there's a, I didn't have in the middle, I guess. Yeah. And um, I know you see those 10 day things where you put up your art and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting to go back through things I've done. And I've been thinking lately, yeah, I need to, I need to really just allow myself the space to do whatever and not have it be something that has to go for a display or go for a workshop or be in a, you know, be a specific thing. So, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a hard balance to strike. You mentioned earlier that you journal um, every morning. Mm -hmm. So do you have a morning routine? Yes. Yes. What does that look like for you? Well, I get, um, for when I wake up, my cat and my dog think that they've died without me overnight, you know, first of all. So (laughs) I give, and I give them, you you know, my dog has medication and he gets a treat and then my cat is jealous. So he gets a treat and then I have my coffee and I sit in my chair and I have one of those, I feel like such an old lady, but I have one of those, um, trays that fold down and come up. And so in the living room, I have that, that's where I can do like sketching or doodling or, you know, paints, pens, whatever. And that's where I have my notebook and I have my phone and I do uh, devotional, read scripture. Um, I think that, cause I kind of have ADD <laughs> that that's where that pen and paper dependency comes from is that. Um, if I try and pray without pen and paper, you know, it's, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And I can jot down people I think of, or, um, things that I think, um, you know, that God has put on my heart or questions I have about scripture. And actually last week I went just the current notebook I'm in. And I have a bookcase of notebooks because I've done this for a while, for years, off and on for years. Um, I went back through and read my this notebook I have right now, which started in February, which is right about the time the store started. And it just is enlightening when you can go back and read stuff and you can see that prayers are answered. You can see your perception has changed on some things. Yeah. And it, it's it's a. Uh, it's good medicine. <laughs> it is. 
I know what you're talking. I know what you mean. I've done that before. I'm not, not in a good habit of it right now. I'd like to get back to that. That's something I'd like to get back to this year, but um, I know exactly what you mean. And it is, it's, it's nice to see. It's almost like it recenters you when you take the time to go back and read through it because that, you know, we, we do that. We keep those notebooks. We keep those notes when, when we're feeling a little bit more centered, right? That's what, while we're writing, we're, we're reflecting and we are centering ourselves. And I think we all go through periods where whatever it is that we do for ourselves, whether it's the journaling or whether it's a yoga practice or maybe just walking, whatever it is that we do to center ourselves, we're, we're going to have times where we're not going to be as good at it, right? Like there's oh, yeah. going to be times where we're going to get away from it. So when you have something like physical that you can hold in your hand and look back at during that period when you were centered, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I want to go back there. And it's like, you remind yourself that I do know how to get back there. I don't know. It's encouraging. It's like past yes. you is encouraging current you and it's the cycle. <laughs> hundred percent because you know on the days that you are like I don't have to I slept I slept in too late there's not time for that you know you can look back on that day and see how haphazard you spent the day compared to the day where you take the time to kind of I I kind of think of it as getting my marching orders or you know just really resetting like you say and and that way when something comes up like I really need my toothpaste I can jot that like I have a system of the margins and this and I'll, I'll jot the, the you know the mundane things that come up in my brain up here yeah. the body and then like question marks and asterisks and different things on this side yeah that's <laughs> fun yeah that's fun I like that I, that's, I love that so what before before we just completely sign off like this is just a normal day right what are you doing today when we get off this call? Because we're, we're doing this early in the morning. So like, yeah. what's your day look like today? I am going to run a few errands, some of those mundane type of things. And then I'm going to grab um, a couple of items that I want to work on while I'm at the shop. I will go to the shop from 11 to 6 and I will spend some time on some spreadsheets. It seems like in the morning, I, cause it's not really morning, I guess, 11 o'clock when I get there, but from 11 to around two, I'm working mostly online on my laptop. Um, and then about two, I start to get hungry. And I realize that I, I feel like at that point, if anybody's going to come in over their lunch hour, that's passed and I can leave for 30 minutes and then come back. And that's when I, am either creating something or rearranging the store or whatever until six. And then I will hightail it back here because it's about a 30 minute trek. And at seven o'clock tonight, I'm on Paint Pixie's page for their Easter marathon. And I'll do something for Easter oh. on there. And then I'll eat again after that. <laughs> I hear you. Well, okay. I want to ask you a couple, I, I do the rapid fire questions and then some of them are rapid fire, but I just feel like they're interesting. So I continue to ask yeah. them because they're fun. So <laughs> beach or mountains? Beach. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Books or movies? Books. Oh, there's one more. <laughs> oh, well, I blanked. 
I'll come back to it. So, okay. okay. And so then this one is more of a, <clears throat> if you could go back in history to any point in history, but just, just to experience it, cause you want to, <laughs> where would you go? Or what well, time period, number one, what time period would you go to? And then where in the world would you go during that time period? You know, I feel like this answer changes a lot right now. And this might have something to do with books and stuff like that. Right now, I think it would be really, um, I've, I've always kind of had this. My mom used to, because I used to want to be, when I was little, I used to wanted to be on Little House on the Prairie. You know what I mean? That was like, I just really wanted to experience that. And my mom would be like, and when I do things now, like go, out or whatever my mom was like you were always you were always <laughs> like that but I would think you know the 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 kind of rush west and claiming the land and and that you know kind of thing okay. I guess cool no that's neat that's, I mean there's a lot like... of where, I, where I'm at there's a lot of history you know in Kansas right. um Oklahoma and there's a lot of uh there's a lot of and I kind of romanticize it. I mean, let's be honest. We're we pretty spoiled right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we do tend to romanticize things like that, which I think is okay though, because the thing of it is, in my opinion, at any point in history, things are in theory easier than they've ever been, right? Like because innovation is what it is. So that time period, you know. I don't know. I just, I, I totally see what you're saying though. I think it makes sense to romanticize it even while still being realistic and being like, yeah, it would have sucked to, you know, just died from a cold, but right. it, I mean, you know, but at hey, the also, same time. sometimes when you go and you think about those times in history, there aren't any choices. You, you are doing what you are assigned as your lot in life, either by race, gender, or class. And there's a lot of pressure to overcome certain things or to pay homage to certain things, whatever. Now, there was none of that. And I mean, not to get too, I mean, I don't know how that, if that makes me sound like I'm really simple, but sometimes it would be nice to say, I don't want to be, but you know what I'm trying to say, that there is this, this is what you're doing this I, I can be focused on this this is my job and I don't have to think about all the other things yeah I guess yeah I mean because obviously I'm I'm so happy that we're not there right but at the same time I'm like that's part of the I think that's part of the romanticizing of it is that they didn't what know what they didn't know and sometimes yeah it seems like there might have been safety in that or something yeah yeah that's it they didn't know right. they did because sometimes my I get well and up in my head <laughs> I completely understand that I was talking <laughs> with someone recently about the idea of compassion fatigue and it's like when now that you know you hear a lot of people say and I and I think it's a good phrase like once you know better you do better but we're living in a time period where we know better about a lot of things and there's only so much that any one person can do about anything and it can feel very overwhelming 
um, because you can't fix everybody else. And that's, I understand. It's hard when you have that kind of heart, for sure. And my friends and I have been talking a lot about the, and I'm not going to get it right, but it's a Brene Brown thing, the, the mirror, like compassion, pity, um, connection, control. Like yeah. there's this, like you're really walking this narrow line. You want to, you want to be on the connection side and you don't want to fall into trying to control someone. Right. You want to have compassion for someone and you, you definitely don't want to have pit, you know, and yeah. there's, there's like eight or nine of them that have that kind of mirror, positive, negative yeah. thing. I love Brene Brown. I, I can't help you come up with the exact word you're looking for right now, but now I'm like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go look these up because I'll have I'll send it to you. I'll have my friends send a new book or something. I mean, I'll is have it my from, okay? Is it from Atlas of the Heart? Yes. Okay. That's, yeah, that's her newest one, and I haven't read it yet. So she's reading it right now, a friend of mine, and we um and some, Alice and somebody that her they were talking. They were on a podcast or something. I'll get you the information. There we go. All right. Cool. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this with me today. This has been fun chatting and hear more about what you've got going on with your shop. And you guys, you can find all of Michelle's links in the show notes. We're going to put those um, in the in the description here on on everything on YouTube on the podcast because we're in all the places now. So awesome. you can see Michelle's beautiful face and the artwork behind her on the wall if you watch the video, or you can just listen in on the conversation, and that's fine too. However, you like to listen, so. But thank you for coming and, and doing this with me today, Michelle. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Remember to check out the Makers Chat community so that you can dive deeper into the conversation. You'll find the link to join in our show notes. Have a beautiful week and we will chat again soon.